The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Uh, we have one, we think, one more podcast episode where it'll just be me. Um, I don't have any guests today, so we, we're going to do a mailbag uh, that I posted on Twitter earlier today, which is Tuesday. This podcast comes out on Wednesday. For those who listen, you always hear me say that. But um, So we're going to answer some questions today from some of my followers or some people on Twitter who have some questions they want answered. I always like doing these every once in a while because I mean, I don't see everything on Twitter and you know, the, the blogging, the boys Twitter account has so much traffic coming in and out throughout the mentions today that we don't get all your questions. So we like kind of being able to select a few um, that we, that we like and answer them on the podcast and just kind of give some credit to the people asking good questions. Um, We appreciate all the listeners and, appreciate all of you guys so we'd like to kind of give you guys some time to uh ask questions that you want to hear answers to so we'll have probably more information on the what this podcast is going to be moving forward next week um that's the hope and it might actually just be the introduction of what it's going to be um from here on out next week but um we're going to talk some super bowl and stuff at the end and kind of talk about some of the team building um aspect of things to close out the podcast but we're going to start off this um we're going to start off this 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 episode with some mailbags so let's uh let's get to them um the first one i got is from rohat puri uh at ro puri on twitter he says he has a three-part question uh it's a draft question a trade back trade up or stay put in first b what are you prior pri- prioritizing in the first round BPA, offensive line, defense tackle, edge, question mark, and then C, who's your ideal target for 24, 56, and 88? To answer the first part of that question, which is trade back, trade up, or stay put, I think that's this year is a perfect time for just the Cowboys to stay put. Um, I don't love this draft class uh, at the top. I know a lot of people say it's a real deep draft class and I'm not far enough into it yet to really even comment on that. And from what I can tell, I don't even think it's a 
draft that has a ton of quality, quality depth to it. I mean, I think, you know, in the top 50, you got guys who can play, but I just, I, I don't love the depth or top end talent in this draft class. So it's a pretty blah uh, draft class from my opinion. So for me, I'm just going to sit there and pick. I don't want to trade back and take myself uh, further away from a first round talent and picking at 24, you're kind of picking right there on the border of those first round players. You're probably going to have an op the ability to grab a first round player because I'm sure on average you have 16, 17 first round grades. I don't know that I'm not going to have a quarterback in this first round. And you think that at least three or four are going to go in the first round before you pick. So that should push three or four other first round graded players down you to 24, which is right in that, that, that wheelhouse of where you're at. So for me, I'm going to stay put, I'm going to pick. Um, I don't want to trade away from those guys and I don't want to trade up into a group that I don't love. Um, obviously if you're offensive lineman, if you're, if you're desperate for one of those interior offensive linemen, they start going off quick, you might be able to move up a couple spots, but this isn't a draft class that I think you want to move up six, seven, eight spots, give up either future draft capital or a lot of draft capital in this class um, to draft a guy. So me, I'm going to stay put at 24. And then to answer the next part of your question, what am I uh, prioritizing? For me, it's offensive line. And I'm looking at offensive line. I'm looking at edge rushers and I'm looking at, and unfortunately, you know, I say this a lot, but I hate to spend first round draft picks on linebackers, but at the back end of the first round and that being, a pretty significant need for you. I think you're looking at those three spots. I think you're looking at Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, Tyler Lindebaum out of Iowa, Zion Johnson out of Boston College, um, as your interior guys. Um, I don't like any of the tackle prospects there at the end of the first round in Ryman. Um, and really that's kind of one of the last ones I see being like that borderline first round player. Um and then for edge rusher, it just kind of depends on how it falls. I think George Kalafis out of Purdue is going to be um, a guy that could potentially fall that far. Um, you know, it's 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 a tough it's tough to see. You know, a guy, any of those top edge rushers to really fall to you. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get a Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Like that's just not even a you know realistic scenario so you're not going to even talk about those guys but you know you you start to get in that group of Carl Office, um Trayvon Walker out of Georgia who I think is probably going to go sooner than Carl Office. um you know you you could get in a situation where Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State who had a really good week at the senior bowl works his way into that conversation um he's an older prospect uh, you know, transfer from Georgia. So that's, that's, a, that's a guy too. David Ajabo out of Michigan, he could go in somewhere in that, that range as well. So those are three edge rushers that I'm really looking at. Um, and like I said, like the offensive tackles, I don't love in that area. Um, like I said, you, you're looking at guys like Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, um, who had a decent week at the senior bowl. Um, Ryman out of central Michigan, and that's pretty much like those are the guys that I see is an offensive tackle. So I'm looking at that interior, the three or four guys I mentioned on that interior and Kenyon Green, Tyler Linderbaum, Zion Johnson. Um, 
And then I really, I think you look at those linebackers and the Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd, um, you know, those are the only two guys I'd kind of have highlighted that linebacker um, position. But for me, if those two guys are there, they're deep consideration. I mean, Kobe Dean is my favorite of the two. Uh, both of those guys can definitely play. Um, I'd, I'd love to see Nicobe Dean in this defense because I think he's, you know, you obviously saw Michael Parsons a lot on the edge um, in his rookie season, but I think Nicobe Dean's kind of what you envision seeing Michael Parsons as, is that off the ball linebacker. If he played um, a lot of his snaps there, just a guy who can flow sideline to sideline. He's physical for being an undersized uh, linebacker. He's a really good blitzer. So we saw how they use Michael Parsons in those A-gap, B-gap blitz packages. And I think you can do a lot of those same things with N'Kobe Dean. Um, but the other position you got to pay attention to as well is um, wide receiver. I mean, if Amari Cooper isn't on this team anymore after free agency, I mean, you have to look at your Garrett Wilsons, your Traylon Burks, your – Chris Olave's, your Jamison Williams, you know, depending on how the medicals check out there. So, I mean, those are positions to pay attention to, but I'm trying to target either one of those stud linebackers who's they're going to be there because teams pass on them um, in those top 17, 18, 19 picks. You have a couple quarterbacks go and you get a, you know, top 10, top 15 player, kind of what you did with Michael Parsons last year, where you know, he was a top 10 player, but he fell out of the top 10 because some of those quarterbacks and some of those other, um, you know, position needy teams had a, a stud pushed down to you. You traded back and got him. So I think you could fall in that situation again. So that's the answer to part two. And then part three, who's your ideal target for 24, 56 in 88? I think for me, the ideal targets there would be I mean, again, I know you're pretty much asking me to do a three-round mock draft, and and that's pretty much what I'm going to do. So, and again, this is let's just say that this is without understanding what they're going to do or what what we think they're going to do in free agency. So, we know they don't spend a lot of money in free agency, so we can't expect any huge upgrades leading into the draft. Um, maybe they change the way they're going to do that, but that would be a shock. So for me, I'll say my perfect three rounds would be. Let's just do it. Kenyon Green, the Texas A&M guard, falls to 24. Um, and then in round two, I think in round two, I'd love – I don't know that it happens, but let's just say that a player like Christian Harris out of Alabama, linebacker, um, a guy who, you know, he's, he's, he's a little raw. Um, but, I mean, again, he could be – he could be a stud linebacker. Um, and, and again, like I don't love these second or third round linebackers at all. So Christian Harris is kind of the, the guy who's border, you know, I guess you can say borderline first round player that might fall. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that if he falls to you in the second round, you'd be thrilled to death with. And then in the third round, that's where it kind of gets in- interesting. So in our situation, we went interior offensive line and then we went, um, we went, linebacker in the second I think that's when you start to possibly look at even adding a receiver um Sky Moore is a guy that I like a lot out of Western Michigan uh kind of interesting to see where he falls because he's he's more of your slot player um but he has good speed he's explosive he's good after the catch but he adds a dynamic to this offense that I think it lacks and that's just the shifty explosive route runner that can separate at the top of routes um he's gritty 
He plays on the boundary some in Western Michigan, so he's a guy who can move around a little bit. Um, he brings some speed and explosiveness to that wide receiver room that it's lacked for a while now. So if you get in a situation where even if Amari Cooper does come back and you got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and obviously in that scenario, you'd probably be moving on from Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson. I think a guy like Sky Moore would be a great fit um, in this offense. Um, and again, it's tough because, you you know, it's like they're in a tough spot because you want to invest in the defense more because it got to the point last year where you've been hoping to get it to. So you want to kind of get it over the edge. But for me, I think you need to start investing some more of this draft capital in the offense because you've spent so much on the defense that you see the offensive line hurting. You see that wide receiver room getting ready to turn over um, the tight end room as well. So with that fourth round pick, you might be looking at one of those tight ends. So it could be an offensive heavy draft for this team after it's gone the defensive side of the ball for a while. All right, um, Zach Young at Frosty Birdman says, sitting at 24, you have N'Kobe Dean, Daxon Hill, and Kenyon Green all still available all, all still available out of those three guys. Which one are you taking for the Cowboys and why? I went with this question next because I kind of just answered it, so I'd lump them together. But for me, I think it's Kenyon Green. He's going to be right in the same range as N'Kobe Dean where they finish in my rankings. Um, so for me, I don't think – best player available is an actual thing because, you know, a quarterback could be the best player available, but you're not going to draft the quarterback. Um, I hope a running back wouldn't be the best player available at 24, but you're not going to draft a running back there. So it's best player available within need. And I think that the interior offensive line and linebacker are both big needs, but I think, I think I can find a second, third, fourth round linebacker, they can do a lot of the same things to Kobe Dean can, but I'm not so sure I can find that second, third, fourth round interior offensive lineman that can do what Kenyon Green can do. So for me, it's going to be Kenyon Green. And even Nicobe Dean might be the higher graded player for me, but I think with the position value and the way I'm going to try to build my roster that I can find a later round linebacker that can fill in and, and be close to what Nicobe Dean could be more so than what that – mid-round interior offensive lineman could be for green so and again green's a flexible guy like he's played every position on the offensive line I mean to me he's an NFL guard but I think if you need him to play tackle in a pinch he could I think if you even needed him to play center in a pinch he could so that versatility and that skill level is just uh, too good to pass up for me uh, being that you're going to be without Connor Williams Tyron Smith continues to get hurt and time kind of running out there and you don't know what's going to happen with Lyle Collins. So I think getting a versatile guy who can play multiple spots and do it at a high levels would be a huge win for this team. Cobble at DC underscore Cowboys. He's got a couple questions. So I'll try to pair these together with Jerry's recent comments about confidence in Dan Quinn as a head coach. Should this discourage use discourage us from thinking about Peyton next season also, could we see a midseason firing of Mike McCarthy and have Quinn replace him? Um, I mean, I think the Quinn thing is – I mean, I think the uh, – excuse me, I still think the Sean Payton thing has a lot of weight there because Sean Payton loves the Cowboys and the Cowboys love Sean Payton. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a, like, in-season thing. So I think if you're – you know, if this, if this team struggles midseason, if they're, you know, not quite – in the playoffs, you know, it, it week eight or nine, I think they could move on from Mike McCarthy because I don't think that Jerry Jones is in love with Mike McCarthy. And I don't think Mike McCarthy is a guy who's going to sit around and fight for his job real hard. So 
I think Dan Quinn could replace be a mid-season replacement and the comments that Jerry's made this year about how they could see him being a head coach and you know how they brought him back because they could see him being a head coach of this team like all those comments kind of make me seem like they're almost grooming him to take over if things do go south um which again I would hope that when the Mike McCarthy era in Dallas is over, they go through a more extensive head coaching search than just promoting Dan Quinn in that scenario. Not to say that Dan Quinn wouldn't deserve a shot there, but after Jason Garrett's lifelong debacle as a Cowboys coach and then them immediately hiring Mike McCarthy, I hope they learn from that because, again, whatever your thoughts are on Mike McCarthy before he was hired, after he was hired, this hasn't been a smooth sailing ride for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. So to rush back into promoting Dan Quinn would be a little bit of a, a mistake there, I would think. Um, but I mean, I'd keep an eye on the Peyton stuff. I think that, you know, it depends on what it's going to cost to get him because he's still under contract. So you're, they're not going to give up a first round pick to get a head coach. I wouldn't give up a first round pick to get a head coach that I don't think is some huge, massive upgrade. I think Sean Payton's a better head coach than what the Cowboys have. I think he's a you know a, a pretty big upgrade from what the Cowboys had, but you're not getting a guy who's instantly he's not a quarterback, and that's what you know. And again, I think Dak Prescott's great. I think he's one of the top six, seven best quarterbacks in the NFL. But a head coach isn't putting a team in a Super Bowl. The only position in the world that can really do that is a quarterback, and the Cowboys have one. They just need to continue to build around them and bring in the right coaching staff to get the best out of them. Um, the same. Cowboy at DC underscore Cowboys. Would you consider revamping the Cowboys O line the way Casey did theirs last year, with the exception of Martin? I mean, I think you're going to see that to a certain extent. I don't think you're going to see them bring in a brand new left tackle, a brand new center, a brand new. I think they brought in a brand new left guard too. So it won't be to the extent of that, but I think you're going to see two new faces on that offensive line, starters, and that's you know, let's just say you have. Tyron Smith, Kenyon Green, Tyler Biotis, or let's say they get another center in free agency or whatever it is, and then Zach Martin, and then Lyle Collins. So I, I think you see two – I'll say you see two new faces on that offensive line, and that might be – I say new starters. They could look to move Lyle Collins. They could trade Lyle Collins for some capital and play Terrence Steele at right tackle, so that would be considered a new – face for me um in the starting group but i don't think you're going to see a complete overhaul minus martin but i think you could see two new faces slide in and if it isn't at the start of the season i think they draft i think they i mean they have to they're not i don't think they're going to move lyle to left guard then play terrence Steele at right tackle that's an option but i don't think they do it but i think they draft a starting left guard or center if linderbaum is there at 24 um and i think they could you know they don't do that there i think they you know they're, they're gonna find a guy in that top 100 that they feel confident can slide in and play one of those two interior spots to finish out cowboy dc underscore cowboys questions i feel like this season has this season has hurt you more than previous ones would you agree that this is true i mean absolutely i think this was the best team the cowboys have had in 15 20 years um I feel like these started off that way. They played like that way for the first two or three months of the season. They played that way when they played their division opponents later in the season, minus the Washington game in Washington. But yeah, I mean, when you, when you have a 12 and five record, you 
play the San Francisco 49ers who don't have a good quarterback at home in the playoffs. And yeah, the final score says it was a one possession game, but that game wasn't close. You, you got blown out at home in the playoffs in the first round. That's not good. And it hurt. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I mean, it was the worst year, the most disappointing year, I should say from the Cowboys in a long time. Um, so definitely that, that was not fun. <laughs> um, all day at all day L I I I I I. What are your can't miss prog- prospects in this draft? One per position. Good question. Um, so for me, I'll just say, I mean, it's it's not hard to you know point out. Aiden Hutchinson is that top ranked edge rusher for me. Um, I know a lot of people have Thibodeau as their top ranked edge rusher, but for me, it's Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's the the same thing we had with Joey and Nick Bosa where they might not be the flashy elite bendy freak athlete. So you kind of overlook them, but I'm not going to do that. Um, so for me, it's, it's Aiden Hutchinson at edge on the offensive line. Um, I think it's Tyler Lindebaum. Um, you know, I, I'll probably have guys like Evan Neal, um, Ikeem Ukwanu graded higher, but I just think Tyler Lindebaum's safe He's the best center prospect in this draft. Um, he's got a high ceiling. So those are type of players that I just don't think you can miss on that have the high floor and the high ceiling. Um, for tight end, tight, this tight end class is so interesting because I don't love any of these guys. Um, I'll say Cole Turner out of Nevada. And that's tough for me because it's not like he's some stud tight end prospect like we've seen in Hawkinson and Fant and even guys like Irv Smith who kind of have been misses but and but for me I mean I just think Cole Turner fits well with what the NFL is going to he's a big wide receiver that's been converted to a tight end he kind of has that like Travis Kelsey build and play style to him so for me I think he's going to fit in somewhere great just because he's going to be a pass catcher He's not the guy you want blocking, but he's going to line up in the slot. He's going to create separations. He's a, you know, he's a matchup nightmare. So for me, um, I'm going to go with Cole Turner on Nevada. And I know that might be a little bit of a hot take. The wide receiver position. Um, sorry, I'm just scrolling through these the way I have them ranked on my, my board here. So I'm kind of going all over the place. But for wide receiver, um, I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. He's my number one ranked ranked receiver um again he's i love uh i love Traylon burks love garrett wilson i love jameson williams i love chris olave um i love drake london so the the top guys i really do love but garrett wilson's just a guy that i think can win in the nfl in a variety of ways he can win in the slot he can win outside he's quick he's shifty he's a good route runner creates separation top of routes he creates after the catch so for me it's just that's that's what I want. I want a guy who can create in all levels, and he can. I haven't really gotten to these running backs yet, so I don't even want to comment on them because I, I truly haven't watched any of them. They're probably the last position I watch um, along with quarterbacks. I have watched a few quarterbacks, but not a lot. So the quarterback – I'm not even commenting on the running backs because I haven't watched them enough yet. For quarterback, I mean, this is just – I don't even know how to answer the question because there's not a quarterback in this class that I like, much less love. So I think all of them are you're going to miss prospects. Um, but if you're going to bet on a guy, so I'm going to change the way you worded your question. 
I'll go with Malik Willis out of Liberty. Um, I think he has the best arm talent in this class. He's a good athlete. Um, he played well at a small school. Um, so I think that when you get him some NFL talent around him, he's only going to shine even brighter. So for me, it's going to be Malik Willis with the highest ceiling. So I changed the the wording of your question, but we're going to go with that one because I haven't de- I haven't really dove into these guys. And um, for me, it's just a uh, it's a bad class. Defensive tackles. If you're telling me I can't miss, it's going to be Jordan Davis um, just because he's safe. He's your, I mean, he's just an absolute mountain of a man. He's six foot six, 350 pounds. He doesn't get moved. Um, You're drafting him to be a run stuffer, and that's exactly what he's going to be. I think he's a guy who can get you two sacks a year um, just because of the physical strength he plays with. He can push some pockets and he'll clean up a few sacks, but he's never going to be a big pass rusher. But if I'm, Drafting a guy to play a position that I know is not going to be a bust, Jordan Davis is that guy because I think he's got, you know, he's not he's not your he's not your Vita Vea one tech that's going to rush the passer and be a super disruptor um, on passing downs, but he's just a dude you're not going to move in the running game. He's going to make your linebackers better. He's going to make the defensive lineman playing to his left and his right better because of the blocks he eats up and uh, the amount of power he plays with. So. He's a guy that, you know, you're probably not going to draft him in the top. I'd say you probably won't go in the first round. If he does, he'll be one of the last picks, I think. But I think you draft him in the top 40. And, um, you know, he's a really good player for a long time. Uh, for linebacker, I'm going to go with N'Kobe Dean. I mean, again, that's my top-ranked guy, and, and I, I got a lot of faith in him. I just think he's a he's got the mentality. He's got the Michael Parsons leadership mentality that we saw um, – this year where he just he's he's a football player he's he's aggressive he's physical he's athletic he's undersized but he doesn't play like it and I think that's a huge thing at this linebacker position nowadays is you've got to be able to run with these guys you've got to be able to flow to the football and you you just if you're if you're if you play like a wide receiver but you don't if your if your traits play like a wide receiver, but you don't play like the size of a wide receiver, I think that's what you want in a linebacker nowadays. You've got to be able to run sideline to sideline, outrun some of these offensive linemen, some of these tight ends, some of these guys blocking in space. You've got to be able to beat them to the football, and I think that's how Nakobe Dean plays. He's just he's super quick, he's super fast, he's explosive, he plays physical, he plays with more power than you think for an undersized guy. And again, the you know, he's not a pass rusher, but he's a good blitzer. So I think you can use him in a variety of ways. Um, and that's why I think he's a guy that, that you're going to draft probably at the back end of the first round. And he's going to, you know, he's going to be your your Devin White, your Micah Parsons at linebacker type of guy. I mean, he's not an edge guy. He's not going to be a pass rusher um, consistently, but he's a dude that can play and he can he can disrupt running games. And that's what guys are looking for in their, their – uh, their linebackers nowadays for the corner position. I'm going to go with Ahmad sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. I think he's the best corner in this draft class. Um, and that's with guys like Derek Stingley and Trent McDuffie and uh, Roger McCreary. Like, I think he's a guy who plays with size. He plays with physicality, plays with patience. Um, I think he's a total package. I do think he'll be the first corner drafted in this draft class unless something crazy happens with testing or injury or something like that. But I do think that Gardner will be drafted ahead of Stingley, which I know 
a year or two ago, that would have been a crazy thing to say. But I just think that his size, he's six foot two, 190 pounds. He's got length, the patience he plays with, the aggressiveness he plays with while being patient, I think is very impressive from Gardner. Um, and again, I think he's a guy who comes from a good program in Cincinnati. Teams know that he's smart, he's intelligent, and he's he doesn't have many holes in his game. I think when you're drafting corners, that's that's what you got to look for. You want to look for the guys who don't have the major holes. They aren't gamblers. They can play in man coverage. They can play zone coverage. He can do both. So for me, it's Sauce Ahmad, Sauce Gardner, um, out of Cincinnati. For safety, it's not even a question. Kyle Hamilton, who's got the chance to be my number one ranked prospect in this class. Um, I just there, he's by far the best safety prospect I've ever studied. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him. So I'm going to give you another name. Um, Jalen Petrie out of Baylor is a guy that I love. Uh, I know a lot of Cowboys fans are obviously listening to this. Actually, probably all Cowboys fans are listening to this. But um, Petrie reminds me of a smaller, higher ceiling J. Ron Curse. Um, he just plays all over the field. He plays up, down, corner, nickel. He plays the run. He can cover. He showed that at the Senior Bowl this week. I mean, he just he can he can do everything that you want a defensive back to do. He's fast. He's explosive. Um, powerful. Um, he's he's a dude that wants to punch you in the mouth, and he's going to do it every chance he can. So Kyle Hamilton would be my answer, but please pay attention to Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. I think he would be. I think he's. I mean, he's going to have a first round grade for me. I know a lot of people aren't quite that excited about him, but I, I love everything about him. So for me, it's Kyle Hamilton slash Jalen Petrie. All right, let me see if we got any more that I'm missing. There's another one from Cobble that I missed at DC underscore Cowboys. He had a lot of questions, so I appreciate it. But he asked, has this team shown that there's a such thing as too many weapons? And this is the last one I'm going to answer, and then I want to move on to some Super Bowl talk. Um, for me, actually, I got one more I want to answer, and then I'll move on to some Super Bowl talk. For me, I don't think it's you have too many weapons. I think the head coach and possibly even the offensive coordinators um, – way that they want to play football spreading the football around they've commented on that a lot and I just don't think that that's necessarily the best way to play um for me if you have a stud receiver or you have a stud tight end or you have a stud running back whatever it is like I think those are guys that you want to get involved in your game plan and involve them more than your third or fourth guy that just is simple to me and I think that the Head coach, the offense coordinator, even the quarterback, some mentioned how important it was to spread the football around this year. And while it's not necessarily a bad thing, I think sometimes that can hurt you when you have guys that you should feed the ball to more than what they were. So I think I don't think it's a thing of having too many weapons. I think it's a philosophy thing that they need to change that Green Bay feeds Devontae Adams, the Bengals feed Jamar Chase. The Chiefs feed Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. The Rams feed Cooper Cup. Like, that's just what they do. And, and again, like, they get Odell Beckham involved. They get Higby involved. They get T. Higgins involved. They get, you know, McCole Hardman involved. But those guys always have more targets than those second or third guys. And I think that was something the Cowboys struggled with this, this year is that they just – they were too focused on – they were too focused on – 
getting everyone involved and not getting their best players involved. And not to say that Cedric Wilson or Dalton Schultz or Ezekiel Elliott aren't their best players, but those aren't guys who should have the same amount of targets as Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. It's just that's not it's not how it should be, in my opinion. And I think that the teams who are playing in the playoffs are really showing you that. Debo Samuel gets a ton of targets, gets a ton of touches, let me say. If they can't get him the football in the air because he's not, you know, truthfully, Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel isn't some dynamic route runner. You know, he isn't a 4-2 guy who's just going to blow by you like a Tyreek Hill. He's just a guy that they want to get the football in their hands. So if if he can't create separation against some of these top corners, what are they going to do? They're going to put him in the backfield. They're going to run him on the jet sweeps. And that's what the Cowboys need to do. They need to get their playmakers the football. They need to get CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper – um, Tony Pollard, the football in their hands more than they did this year. Um, so for me, that's that's what I would do. Um, not focus on, hey, we have too many weapons. Focus on, we need to get our top two guys the football more. And I think that's what they they the focus should be. Last question, um, and then we'll get to some Super Bowl stuff. Dylan Box, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but at Dylan Box, free agents you would like the Cowboys to pursue. Um, the Cowboys aren't big in free agency. They haven't been. They probably won't be. For me, um, I mean, I hope they try to make Randy Gregory a priority. I think it's a situation where Randy Gregory's – I'm not going to say he's the best Ed Rusher on the free agent market, but he's one of them. He's, he's – you know, we talk about building continuity. He's been around here for a long time. I, th- I would assume that he would be willing to maybe give you a little bit of a discount because they've done a lot of favors for Randy over the last few years where they've given him some money even though he couldn't play or wouldn't play. So I'd love for them to kind of come together and maybe Gregory give them a, a little bit of a hometown discount. Um, but again, he's never gotten a big payday before, so I can understand and I won't blame him for going out and getting a big payday either. But um, Randy Gregory is the one guy uh, that's the team free agent that I think they need to really focus on bringing back. Um, a few guys who aren't who aren't uh, with the team who are unrestricted free agents from other teams. Ryan Jensen, the center from Tampa Bay, is a guy that if you were desperately trying to upgrade Tyler Biotish um, – He's a guy to really look into bringing in as your your starting center. And again, we talked about earlier what this offensive line could look like in 2022. But I mean, if you brought in a guy like Ryan Jensen and then drafted a guy like Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson or Tyler, you know, at that point you wouldn't draft Tyler Linderbaum. But if you drafted Kenyon Green and brought in um, Ryan Jensen, your your interior offensive line would have three just absolute studs on it, and you would hope that. Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith stayed healthy. And even if they didn't, I feel like those three interior guys would make things so much easier. So, I mean, it's not that Tyler Biotish is a huge liability. Um, I think he's an okay player. I don't think he's anything more than that. And I don't think he's anything really less than that. But bringing in a difference maker at that center position, Ryan Jensen's just a nasty player. Um, I talked about it a lot last season, but this defense had a lot of dogs on it, but this offense didn't. Um, I mean, Amari Cooper... C.D. Lamb, no one on that offense was a guy who just wanted to fight. I mean, Lyle Collins is probably one guy. Um, 
But outside of that, it, it wasn't, you know, even Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, those guys aren't guys who are just wanting to punch you in the face. They're just not. They're, they, you know, they're, they're not the type of guys who are getting in the scuffles consistently. It's Lyle Collins a lot of the time. Um, but, I mean, for me, like, Ryan Jensen's a guy who you just hate playing against. He's constantly punching you. He's constantly grabbing you almost to a fault. I know he probably gets flagged more than any offensive lineman for unnecessary roughness, but he's just a guy that brings a mentality that I think this offense desperately lacks. So I'd love to see that. Um, Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle out of Chicago, is a interior defensive lineman that I would love to see this team address. Um, they haven't. I think Neville Gallimore played really well in his return from an arm injury, which is a tough injury to return from and play well at defensive tackle, but it's still not a position that the Cowboys should be content with going into 2022. Oso Diggy Zuwa showed some good things, but he kind of hit that rookie wall at the midpoint of the year. Neville Gallimore was hurt for most of the year, came back and I thought played really well in his return. Tristan Hill has kind of been what Tristan Hill's been his whole career where it's not terrible, but it's not good. (laughs) Um, So they're just, you know, Brent Urban was a free agent. He's a free agent again. Carlos Watkins is a free agent. You know, we didn't see a lot from Quentin Bohanna. So I think if you can upgrade the defensive tackle position, you desperately need to try to. And, you know, Akeem Hicks would do that. He's an older guy. Um, still a really good football player. He's a guy that can give you pass rush. He plays the run well. I mean, he's 32, so he's not going to cost you a ton. Uh, Spot Track's got his average annual salary at $5.5 million. So if you can get a a starter on the defensive tackle, you know, defensive line for $5 million, I think that's something you desperately should try to do. Um. And then the last guy that really stood out to me, and this would probably be more so if you moved on from um, if you moved on from Randy Gregory, is bringing in a guy like Hassan Reddick, um, who he's a uh, un- he's a unrestricted free agent, <clears throat> twenty seven year old, probably going to have a payday a little bit less than what. Um, Randy Gregory would get, I would assume, but probably in the same ballpark. But he's a guy who played for Arizona, played for Carolina this year, and had a really good season for Carolina. Um, really liked him coming out of Temple. And again, he's kind of that un- outside linebacker role, so he can play in the multiple fronts. He- he's kind of almost what you had in Randy Gregory, but if the Cowboys don't trust Randy Gregory, or maybe he's trying to get the $19, $20 million deal or whatever that is. But if you can't re- retain Randy Gregory and you want a guy that you feel like can be Randy Gregory, then Hassan Reddick, uh, the unrestricted free agent out of Carolina, would be a guy that I pay attention to. But again, I think he's a guy that's going to cost a little too much. So I think you're going to be more so looking in the, the bargain bin free agents that, you know, We'll figure more about about when free agency is getting ready to kick off because right now a lot of people are looking at those big names and those just aren't guys that the Cowboys generally ever bring in. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get into some Super Bowl talk. So, Super Bowls this week. Cincinnati Bengals take on Los Angeles Rams. Um, and the main reason I wanted to talk about this is I don't want to really – I'm not going to talk about the game. I'm not going to break down the Super Bowl by any means. But I think in order for the Cowboys to ever – not I shouldn't say ever, but the Cowboys want to play in the Super Bowl – Soon, they need to start adopting the same team-building strategies that the Cincinnati Bengals and Los Angeles Rams possess in their front office. Um, I mean, again, it's you don't need me to tell you this, but the Cincinnati Bengals were the worst team in the NFL three years ago. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to look at it and go, well, that's what happens when you get a quarterback. And yeah, of course, Joe Burrow, really good quarterback, understand. But the reason the Bengals are in the playoffs and really they almost didn't even make the playoffs. Don't the, the reason the Bengals are in the Super Bowl right now is because what they've done in free agency. They've brought in and again their offense line isn't good. Um but they've brought in guys like DJ Reader. They've traded for BJ Hill. They signed Trey Hendrickson. They signed Chidobe Awuzie. They signed Mike Hilton. They signed Eli Apple. They signed Von Bell. So their entire defense, for the most part, outside of Sam Hubbard and Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, are all outside players that were signed in free agency or traded for. And that's just their starters. You know, we're not even talking about guys like Trey Flowers, Trey Waynes, Ricardo Allen. I mean, again, we keep going down the list. But their main contributors on defense were all guys that were brought in through free agency or trade market. And – that's how you turn, you draft a good quarterback. You draft a stud receiver. You draft two stud receivers in T. Higgins and um, Jamar Chase. But the way you get to a Super Bowl, which we're getting ready to go through the Rams roster as well, is you be aggressive in your team building. And the Cowboys have not. They've, they've drafted relatively well. I'm not going to say they've done great because I don't think they've done great. Um you know, they've drafted good players. There's no question about it. But for me, what gets these teams over the top is what they do in the offseason. And the offseason of bringing in Trey Hendrickson, I mean, that that signing in alone probably put them in the Super Bowl. If they don't have Trey Hendrickson and they rely on Sam Hubbard and the guy they drafted in the third round to – you know, create pressure and get sacks, they don't make it to the Super Bowl. I guarantee you they don't. They don't beat Patrick Mahomes. They might not beat Derek Carr. Like, that's just the truth of it. So, and the same thing can be said for the Rams. And again, we don't need to talk about it, but they've traded for Matthew Stafford. They signed Robert Woods. They brought in Austin Corbett on the offensive line. They signed Andrew Whitworth. They bring in Odell Beckham in the middle of the year, you know, at the end of the year there after you know, whatever, whatever happened. And we still don't know what really happened there in Cleveland, but 
a lot of their key contributors on offense came from other places. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Ashawn Robinson, free agent signing. Sebastian Joseph Day, free agent signing. Leonard Floyd, free agent signing. Jalen Ramsey, trade. Like, that's a lot of their main contributors on defense came from other places. So if you're wondering why these teams are playing in the Super Bowl, it's because they're aggressive in their team building strategy. They go out and trade for guys. They go out and sign guys in free agency. They, they pay guys. Ashawn Robinson just got a nice contract from the Rams season before last, and he's one of their main players on defense outside of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Leonard Floyd, they pay him decent money to sack the quarterback. And while, you know, we didn't even mention Von Miller, but, you know, that, that was a trade that they made at the end of the year there to get a guy who could rush the passer and create and take pressure off of Aaron Donald and create and take pressure off of Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson. Like all of those things are, are reasons these teams are in the Super Bowl. And you look at a team like Kansas City, who's been a consistent um, in the Super Bowl or, over the, or in the AFC Championship over the last few years. They're aggressive and free agency in the trade market. Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, whatever your opinion on them, Anthony Hitchens, like they go and get guys and pay guys and free agency in the trade market. And until I'm not saying they have to go full Los Angeles Rams where they trade all their picks and sign all these guys and they put themselves in really tough situations during the cap. And while a lot of people would say the cap's a myth, I don't think the cap's a myth. I just think front offices and general managers use the cap to cover up for their mistakes and their mistakes are, we're not going to go and, I'm not saying teams don't always want to win the Super Bowl, but I think teams are okay with making money and not really focusing on doing all the hard work and winning, you know, trying to win these games. If not, there'd be more teams trading for Von Miller. There'd be more teams trading for Jalen Ramsey. I mean, who doesn't want a stud pass rusher and a stud corner? The Rams do. They got them. They're in the Super Bowl. They've played in two Super Bowls in the last five years or whatever it is with Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, a quarterback who – might not be in the league in a few years and a guy who couldn't make a win a playoff game for 15. So I think that's what you're, what this team needs. It needs to continue to draft well and their front office approach has to change. They will not play. They will not, they won't even make an NFC championship until they are more aggressive in trading for veterans at positions of need and signing free agents that can make a difference. They did it. Their bargain bin way of doing things did help this year. It did work this year. J. Ron Curtis was a really good player. Terrell Basham played a vital role. Malik Hooker, DeMonte Kazee played a decent role. But, like, those guys, J. Ron Curtis was your only, I think, difference maker in those signings. They have to eventually go out and get a guy. And signing your own does not make your team better. You can't keep telling us that, Stephen Jones. You can't keep telling us we are active in free agency. We sign Amari Cooper. We sign Demarcus Lawrence. One, that doesn't make your team any better from the year before. And two, you're getting to the point now where you're so bad at doing those contracts and you're getting taken to the woodshed every time you have a negotiation that those guys aren't even on the roster in two or three years. And we're talking about moving on from Demarcus Lawrence and Amari Cooper. And you did move on from Jalen Smith and Des Bryant. And again, we can go down the list, but 
while I do think this was the most talented team the Dallas Cowboys have had in a long time, your front office, and again, I'm not even going to place the blame on Jerry because I don't think Jerry has that much say in what, you know, what free agents you're signing, but Stephen Jones is a conservative general manager that doesn't want to be like his father was back in the day. And that is the worst thing for this team right now, who's in a relatively small window with a quarterback who is in his prime, an offensive line who, depending on what you do this draft, could be back into its prime, but kind of working out of its prime right now in a defense with plenty of talent on it. So if this team wants to be playing on this weekend in the near future, they have to be more aggressive in free agency and in the trade market. They have to. But we'll be Cowboys fans, including myself, be at home on the couch this coming Sunday watching two good teams. I don't think you'd say that the Bengals were that much better than a team than the Cowboys this year. Actually, you probably would, at one point, you know, week 16, 17, you'd be crazy to think that the Bengals were better than the Cowboys, but they make moves that put them over the top. They make, they sign Trey Hendrickson. They bring in Chidobe Awuzie, who was a role player for the Cowboys, who now is a really good player for them. So whether it's coaching, their front office approach, those two things have to improve if this team wants to make it into the, the, the deep into the playoffs and hopefully make a Super Bowl run because right now their old draft well and signed bottom barrel free agencies is not cutting it. It's not. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, and that's what we're doing, and we're getting the same results. So that's all the time we got for today. We'll be uh, paying attention to the Super Bowl this Sunday. Probably sad crying, wishing we were there. But we're not. Another year, another disappointing year, but we'll be back 2022. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll get it figured out. It'll start with free agency. We'll see if that strategy has changed at all. We'll float into the draft where we hope the guys continue to draft well. And it'll be all about the coaching, the, the health, and the, the offense, getting the offense back on track and making sure this defense takes the next step. So we'll be back uh, next week, and hopefully we'll have either – Hopefully I won't be by myself next week, but if I am, we will have more info of what this show will look like moving forward into draft season and, and um, so on. So make sure you subscribe to the blogging, the boys podcast feed on Apple music, Spotify, whatever podcast platform you use to listen, just search blogging, the boys click subscribe and you'll get this show and a ton of other shows straight to your phone. A uh, bunch of different voices, a bunch of different opinions, a bunch of cool uh, people doing great work. So make sure you do that. We appreciate it. It helps us out, lets us keep doing this. So um, give us a subscribe, give us a review, leave us a rate, do all those things, and we will uh, continue bringing the Cowboys draft football content to your ears. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is Connor Labsey. This is Talking the Draft, and we'll see you guys. Oh, sorry. This is Talking the Star. We're going to get into probably talking to draft here soon, but uh, this is Talking to Star, and we'll see you guys next time.